Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. It's like yoga for your finances. It'll make your assets look good. My name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with my friend Andrew. Andrew, how are you this fine morning, and what are you drinking? Ooh, I am so relaxed. I just got back from, like, a beach vacation. Isn't this like your fourth vacation in like two <laughs> weeks or something like that? You're ruining it. No, it's you gotta go only- find the aliens in Machu Picchu and then like hang out on a beach and like I don't know, take Richard Branson's <laughs> space shuttle up into the stratosphere. And it's it's a tough life in Hoboken. I'm just the life saying. of Andrew. Uh, <laughs> I haven't take I haven't taken a vacation for like a year before this. And <laughs> just dude, I've uh, heard it's a tough life in Hoboken. First time I got there, there was like three ambulances going on the road. Dude, St. Paddy's Day, people die here in St. Paddy's Day. They take it very seriously. Seriously. <laughs> St. Patty's Day here, people like maybe remember to wear green occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just their shirts are covered in green as they're passed out, like you know. Everyone just goes down to Mickey's Irish pub. Seriously. It's like in the middle of nowhere next to a gas station. That's our St. Patty's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm drinking a tea actually, because I'm a little uh uh, snotty Ooh. today like I, I'm okay. kind of getting a little sick I mean I'm always snotty but I also have a lot of phlegm <laughs> what kind of tea um, uh, uh, black tea you don't have like a it's just black it's just straight up black tea yeah we, we just like grab it off Irish the, breakfast or actually no this is actually it's actually green tea I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> alright I am also drinking green tea actually ah dude ginger peach green tea it's like a Not tea party. I'm snotty. Well, I might be snotty. <laughs> it is. This is listen money tea parties. That's right. New podcast. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing really good on the no coffee <laughs> thing. So, uh, just tea all the way. I found some double spiced chai, and you put some milk in there, and it's basically like a good replacement for it. Mm. But yeah. So today we got our friend Cat Alfred back on the podcast, and I saw you hold up a cup. So are you also drinking tea, or are you in? I- Today. I am. I am also drinking tea. I didn't know you two were so refined. Honestly, oh, we're so fancy. So fancy here with our tea. It's lovely. Yes, I have Lady Grey tea. Girl power. Ooh, Lady Grey. Okay, I haven't tried that. Is it good? Yeah, it's like Earl's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's very good. Well, I do like Earl Grey, so maybe I'll have to try it, Lady Grey, yeah. eventually. Yeah. So very softer nice. and more refined. Indeed. More refined. We had a very refined night last night, Andrew. For the first time ever, I went out and purchased red wine. Really? Because I'm trying to make myself like it. Did, when you were well, just eat it, it with a big steak, and then you'll like it. <laughs> Seriously? No, actually, so I did the pairing wrong because I went out and bought salmon, and then Ooh. my girlfriend was like, "Fish goes with white wine," <laughs> and it needs to be chilled. And. So I actually, I did chill the wine. I didn't decant it, but I chilled it and I, I got some, uh, it was a French Beaujolais and it was pretty good wow. because, you know, being the, the nerd I am that reads all these brain science books, uh, <laughs> I've learned that basically red wine is the only booze that's at all good for you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if I like booze, I might as well do some of my I booze. I take that to heart, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my- I mean, it's actually good for your brain. So yeah, my mom actually had like, uh, I think she was like 40 something and she had like an iron deficiency and the doctor was like, um, you could actually just drink some red wine and that'll help. <laughs> and so now Doctors she's like super hardcore about the red wine. She's like, well, the doctor says I have to drink it. Yeah. <laughs> Bottle a day keeps the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it's interesting. There's there's something apparently in the skins of the grapes that helps with brain function. So I'm gonna I'm gonna become a wino to stave off the Alzheimer's. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm already ahead of you with that one. Every night, a little bit of wine. It's how you get through the day, just knowing the wine's yeah. gonna be there. 
oddly enough, you know, I, I knew nothing about wine pairings and I always kind of thought it was hokey. Um, but I accidentally bought this dark chocolate a few months ago and I didn't like it because I wanted milk chocolate and I picked the wrong one. So I pulled it back out and with the red wine, it was freaking delicious. Yeah. And so that I, I'm now convinced I am a convert. Food and wine pairings are legit science, I suppose. So fancy this morning. <laughs> I'm telling you. Exactly. <laughs> I feel honored to be in your presence this morning. <laughs> so anyway, it's time for a, a shaky segue here. Um, <laughs> this is a podcast that helps you earn the money needed to buy such fancy wines. <laughs> <laughs> and Kat, you're you're pretty knowledgeable about uh, making money through writing. Yes, preferably that's in, in the comfort of your own home or yes. coffee shop. Or uh, I kind of want to say, like when I first met Kat, you know, you had your your website, Budget Blonde, God, years pre- ago. Yeah, and I mean, it's a pretty awesome site, and you kind of write about yourself, your life, like your experiences. Yeah. Um, but you you weren't like making that much, and you were yeah. hustling more than probably anyone I've met. Like you, I think oh, you nice. worked like thirty hours a day, like. I have like I don't know I have always had just like this crazy work ethic and I think you have to have it in order to be self-employed but yeah like back when I met you I just had budget blonde and you know it was like a hobby like I had I was teaching at a university I had a job and I was doing it on the side but I also like had my very first freelance writing client and they paid me like $10 a post and I was like this is amazing (laughs) I am a real writer someone's paying me $10 a post Oh my god. And and now of course I realize that was super low, but you have to start somewhere and yeah, it's just grown and grown and grown and now we have multiple sites and I was able to quit my job. It's been quite a journey since I first met you for sure. So I, I kinda want you to tell us like these secrets because I, I this whole like ten dollar post thing, yeah, that was the only thing that I saw or knew. Or, yeah, you know, because some people will email me like, oh, I'll pay you whatever, and I was like, I don't know if I could this is like sustainable. But yeah, you built like a whole big thing. Yeah, from writing, and it's pretty damn impressive. Thank you. Well, you know, I think you have to start somewhere. You have to start, you know, $10 is a little low. I always tell people, because my main thing is I like to write for blogs. There are writers who write for magazines. You know, there's journalists who write for newspapers. There's copywriters, you know, who work with advertising agencies. Like my specialty is writing blog posts for other blogs because not everybody likes to write. Like some bloggers are super into the SEO or they're into like the technology behind the blogs or flipping businesses. Not everybody likes to write, so they hire people to do it. And you just have to start slow. Like I use job boards to get ten and twenty and thirty dollar jobs, and then I'd go see a higher paying job. But you can't go for the higher paying job unless you said, "Look, these other three people hired me." And then slowly over time, I replaced the thirty dollar post with the fifty dollar post, the fifty, and I just up and up and up. And now I average maybe around one hundred and fifty dollars a post. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That is. And how many of those like can you get? Or is that like why you bought more blogs to kind of... Yeah, well, I bought more blogs for passive like advertising income. So mm-hmm. like my self-employment income, I have multiple streams. You know, I have probably like 30% of it is like advertising, sponsored posts, but 70% of it is writing. So I'm definitely not the, the kind of blogger that has like 20 grand in passive income just like hanging out. Like I really work for my income every month with the writing. But yeah, but yeah I just found different clients. Like I went to different conferences. I just hustled so hard. I probably have sent hundreds and hundreds of blind pitch emails in the last four years. And most people stop when they get there because you get ignored a lot. You know, people just don't write you back. But I just push really hard. Every day I would say, all right, I'm going to send three pitch emails today. 
and they might not even be you know advertising for a job i just might come across a personal finance site and they hadn't posted in like two weeks and so i'll email them and say hey i'm a writer i noticed you haven't posted in two weeks do you need help with it mm. and yeah. like just i basically just like convince people to hire me <laughs> and that you know over time your name gets out there and when someone googles you know personal finance writer they might find me and then the jobs sort of come to you and then they come through referrals and other bloggers and yeah it just I still hustle though. I still email blind pitches all the time, even four years in. So, so I know you've been <clears throat> a little distracted with this course you've been working on, and we'll, we'll talk <laughs> yeah. about it. But sure. in a typical week where you weren't ta- where you weren't working on the course, like yeah. how many articles would you write for other people? Like how much would you make about a week? Uh, well, I make you know five figures a month, about you know, so around six figures a year, but. It just really depends, you know, uh, probably like two or three articles a week, um, you know, two or three thousand dollars a week, something like that. And it just really depends on, you know, who the clients are. And I really invoice at the end of each month. So really, my brain is more on monthly income. But mm. but, you know, randomly, I mean, last month I was, you know, just doing my normal thing, writing two or three posts a week and a bank, a random bank from the West Coast emailed me and said, um, we have 10 ghost posts we need to write. We just started a Tumblr blog and we need content for it. Can you do it for us this week? And I said, yeah, but $2,000, I can do it if you want me to turn around that fast. And they were like, oh, yeah, no problem. And that made me what? be like, oh, well, maybe wow. I should have asked for three. You know, I, yeah. just, I just realized that certain clients have you know, a lot bigger budgets than, you know, small individual bloggers. So, but because it was like a time crunch, I had other clients, I had to stay up late every night, you know, Mm -hmm. and finish them. But yeah, so that week I made $2,000 just from the one client. It's just a one-time thing. They just needed to get started and see how it's done before their team took it over. But every now and then I'll get a random little gift like that too. So So you said you're making uh, two to $3,000 a week. Yeah. writing two to three articles. So are you getting up to $1,000 an article at this point? No, no, it... no. Two to three articles like a day. Oh, per day. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. Two to three yeah, articles a day. But, okay. you know, I, I mean, that income every month and every week, you know, that's my total business income. So again, there's right. affiliates, there's sponsored posts on my blogs. Like I said, I have three blogs. And so I haven't, I don't know exactly what the actual writing is, but yeah, you know, a couple couple posts a day. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you said you went to conferences to find clients, and that's interesting yes. to me because, you know, when people ask me, I'm not an expert at all about uh, uh, freelance writing, but sure. usually I'm like, well, you need to slog through job boards and, yeah. like, you know, uh, freelance boards and hopefully get word of mouth contacts and stuff. But I had never considered going to a, a conference as a freelance writer. Yes. So what did you do? Like, what conferences did you go to? What well, was your headspace I- at when you first did this? Well, the the really the main conference was FinCon because I am a personal mm-hmm. finance blogger, and I think I a lot you of you were talking to someone at every moment. Man, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like most of just building a business is just pure hard work. Like my writing is like no better than the person next to me. You know, it's just I just really hustle really hard. And for something like FinCon, I think a lot of people were going, and a lot of bloggers were going. They're like, oh yay, I get to meet my blog friends and. I um, I had just had twins. They were four months old. And I was like, if I'm going to leave my little babies, I'm going to make this totally worth it. And there were tons of banks there. There were tons of corporate clients. I got my highest paying client there. I was sitting down at dinner 
uh, one night and I was talking to the person next to me. It turned out he graduated from William and Mary. I graduated from William and Mary. And so we went to the same college and uh, he was a consultant for this really large, um, you know, financial company in Silicon Valley. And he said, we're looking for a blogger. We pay $300 a post. We'd love to have you. And that was just that dinner, just because I was introducing myself. We had this common thing. He knew I went to a good school because he went to the same one. And it just worked out like that. I mean, that was just dinner. But during the day, I went up to like every booth. I was giving out business cards. And then after I talked to somebody, I left the room and I sat down with a notebook and I wrote down every single thing that we talked about. So I was able to like, you know, email like a company I talked to and said, hey, you know, whatever, Susie, it was so great to talk to you. How's your daughter Jill doing? Um, was she excited to see you when you got home? And like, I try to remember people's like kids' names and like all the little details so that I'd be more personalized when I got back. And that's how I got a lot of jobs from FinCon. Oh, that's amazing. Silence. Yeah. I think it's like, it's good to underline that because yeah. uh, especially the fact that you took out a notebook and wrote down all the details that yeah. you remember from the conversation. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. And uh, like specifically with students, I'll, you know, someone, a friend of mine will get back from interview and I'll say, hey, did you send a thank you note to the interviewer? And sometimes they'll say yes. And I'll be like, did you say a thank you note to every interviewer and like the secretary and everybody? Yes. Well, no, I can't remember their names. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that right there, you know, even exactly. if for whatever you're doing, whenever you meet somebody, try to write down those details. Yeah, and it's it's really hard to do. And, you know, I know like a lot of people wouldn't believe me, but I'm an introvert. You know, I love working by myself every day. I love not going to meetings. It is very difficult for me to talk to people all day long like that. But I really pushed myself those three days of FinCon because I was so determined to like increase my income. I had lost a lot of income from taking a maternity leave and mm -hmm. things like that. And I was really determined to sort of ramp it back up. So if this year I'll be doing the same thing at FinCon, you know, trying to replace the $100 jobs with two and $300 jobs. So watch out. <laughs> Man, I feel like my attitude needs to kick in the ass right now because, yeah. I mean, Andrew, you know, uh, podcast movement. Like, <laughs> we went to podcast movement to hang out with each other. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but yeah. there's probably a lot more that could be gained from a conference with a an attitude like cats. I I think I lean more towards the cat end where I'm like, I, I need to hustle. It's like, I actually have to physically turn the business off yeah. in my head. Yeah. And like it's relax. so hard to do. It really <laughs> is. <laughs> but look, so I think it's, first of all, incredible what like you've built. Thank um, you. And I really resonate with the just getting in there and just like hard work because yeah. I've been searching for like the secret, right. you know, and I just found <laughs> the movie, which is good, but you know. <laughs> Oh my god, such corny jokes. <laughs> but uh, we I, all laugh just to make you feel better. <laughs> Thank you, Kat. Yeah. Uh, what I really want to know is like, um, there must have been like some sort of inflection point where you were writing, you know, really cheap, non, you know, well paying articles for a while, yeah. and then you did something. You know, what, what do you think that was? I think it. I really think it was like. Uh, you know, just before going, I really think that conference changed a lot because I actually won an award for best freelance writer in personal finance. I was able to sort of use that too. But I think before I went, I was just like really tired of writing, you know, these little posts. And, you know, I had become self-employed in January. I had twins and I just like, I didn't feel happy. Like I, I kind of reached the point like, 
everybody wants to be self-employed. Everybody, all my blog friends, they all want to do this. And like, it just, I felt like I was writing the same post over and over and over again. And so I just wanted to write articles that were maybe a little bit more intellectual. And so I started um, asking my current clients, do you mind if I interview other people? Do you mind if I pull in more research, more statistics? Like my brain wanted a little bit more of a challenge. And once I started writing more posts like that, I was able to show new clients that I could write in that more journalistic style. And that's when I started working with the larger corporate clients because they always want mm. charts and graphs and, you know, you to read like scholarly articles and pull from that, not like link to a random Wikipedia page. They want like real writing because people who read corporate blogs are more educated. And so, yeah, I think once I started writing articles like that, they got harder. Like my job got more exciting and better. Maybe want to, you know, write more like that too. Yeah, I actually really want to echo that. I think for me, that was kind of one of the turning points as well. Yeah. Where the first blogs I got into were, you know, those kind of blogs that write 600 word, no image, you know, very typical kind of article. And then once I discovered sites like Nerd Fitness and um, I think like Adam Baker at Men vs. Debt was doing really yeah. high level content as well, I started writing stuff like that. The results are better because it's just a cut above. Yeah, and, it just uh, is. And it's not like five ways to get out of debt. Like, we all yeah. know that. <laughs> like, five ways to save on your summer vacation. Like, you know, like, I can write that, you know, in like 15 minutes in my sleep, but it doesn't make me feel good about my job or like I'm yeah. helping people. So that's exactly. the goal. Yeah. So um, what what has been the, I guess, effect of running your own blogs for finding clients? Um, I think the most effective thing has just been like those pure cold pitch emails because when you uh, apply to a job board, um, you're going to be competing against like a hundred other people. Right. And like, I mean, I've gotten jobs on job boards where they've agreed to a price and then like three days later, they're like, just kidding. Um, we had this other writer and they're going to write for like $20 a post so we can't pay you $150. You know, yeah. so they might be like super interested and they might love your writing and like they think you're worth your price but then some other person comes along and undercuts you. That happens a lot with job boards. They're great for new people but not for experienced writers so I think just cold pitch emails and refers from other bloggers like I just got hired by um, a blog and I knew the writer. He was a freelance writer. He got hired full time by the blog. They wanted freelance writers. I just... I talked to him over the years and you know he was like, hey, we have an opening. Do you want to apply? I mean, just total word of mouth. So I think the longer you do it, the more connections you make, the more people will recommend you. It, it just takes time. You know? Yeah. I see it kind of like a, like a job board is kind of like a funnel. Yeah. Like everyone can jump in and it's just like a set path to get somewhere, but yeah. it's going to crowd at the bottom and only like a few people will get through. But like yeah. the cold email thing is kind of like tunneling your way there. Exactly. And really I mean, you can do easy, sneaky but. things. Yeah, you can look, you live on Craigslist. They have a lot of jobs on Craigslist. Like when I was uh, first starting, I used to look at the Craigslist in like New York, DC, like big cities, look for writing jobs there. You can also look for little cities and you can like pitch random like local businesses too in your own city. You just have yeah. to like get out there and do it, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, so you're, you're more towards like where you're getting towards where the air is crisp like you're doing yeah. well you know things are <laughs> happening for you um like how much time do you spend writing now to, to earn that you know i'm still like not at 40 hours a week i have a nanny three days a week she comes from you know nine to five three days a week that's when i do like most of my writing and things like that for the week phone calls the other two days of the week i'm just hanging out with my kids and then maybe like a morning on a Saturday, I'll go to Starbucks for a few hours. So I think I'm at like maybe 25, 30 hours a week. Mm. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's good. But I'm like, you know, I, I try not to waste time. I know I don't have the 40 hours. You know, I feel like most people work 25 to 30 hours a week because if you count all the time people like mm. goof off on Facebook at work and yeah. stuff like that, it's probably like two hours of wasted time a day. And so yeah. I just kind of cut that out and, you know, I still spend you know, time on Facebook. <laughs> I'm human, but clearly. But yeah, <laughs> just Sometimes 25, feel, 30 hours a week. Yeah. Uh, guilty about like when I'm working for myself and I waste time. Yeah, I get this like this false thought in my head that, oh, everyone who's working a regular job right now, like they're working actually eight hours a day. No, hours no. A week. Then I not. think back to when I had an office job, that yeah. wasn't the case. No, nope. <laughs> you're like, how many minutes before I can go get a Dr Pepper? Before it's like, you know, how many hours from the last time I had lunch? You know, so yes. yeah, it, it. When you work for yourself, you know, you you can do a lot more in less time. I think mm-hmm. you don't have to like talk to random people in the office you don't have to have meetings you know you just kind of get her done yeah as long as you have the sufficient motivation exactly exactly and you know as my kids get older i'm going to add in more days and hopefully that helps my income increase i i moved from two days with a nanny to three like i've slowly increased it over time so i i still feel like there's more potential i still feel like there's higher income to come over the next year i just have to like find the balance between yeah. it all how long does it take you to write like one article? Because I, I try and I haven't tried yeah. in a long time, but it takes me like five, six hours to get yeah, no. something out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, when I first started, it took me a long time and, and I've coached a lot of people and now I have a lot of people taking my course and they tell me you know, it takes them two and three hours to write 500 words, but the longer you do it, the more you do it, the faster you get. I mean, I can write 500 words in like 20 minutes, no problem. Mm. I can write like a, I wrote like a 1500 word super detailed post yesterday in an hour because they only had an hour and I was like, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to turn off the internet and I'm just going to sit and write. And then I went and added in the charts, research and links when I was done writing it. So you learn different tricks. Sometimes I have to write that post backwards. Like if I'm sitting there and my brain is fried, I can't do anything. I'll like start in the middle or start at the bottom and work my way up. So you like, you do different things to like push yourself. But yeah, there's many days where I just like have to write off a day. Like no matter how hard Mm. I try, I, I can't you know, get anything down and suddenly I'll feel like working at like 10 p.m. and I'll write like two posts before midnight, you know, just, yeah, but I try to force myself to write during the day, you know, but sometimes it doesn't work out, you know. So I have a question, like a personal, I guess like a problem that I personally have. How can I I help you? you (laughs) Uh, Something I would like to ask a professional writer. So I have this problem where there are certain topics that I have a lot of respect for. Yeah. Or that I think like commonly asked topics or something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. But because I have that passion, I'm like afraid to get started. It takes me a while because of the perfectionism aspect. Yeah. But then another topic will come in like a uh, client says, hey, can you write me an article on thank you notes? And I'm like, oh, that's it's mm-hmm. thank you notes. Like, it's yeah. not a big thing. But then right. like because the pressure's off, I find myself writing like the most beautiful, elegant prose <laughs> that I've ever had flow out of my fingertips in years. And I'm like frustrated that I can't do this for the more important topics. So do you have that problem and like how would you overcome it? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I, it took me a long time to be okay with this because of course, like if you can't tell, I'm like super type A perfectionist as well. But I think you have to realize that like your 80% is most people's 100%. And like, you know, you're really passionate about a topic. That means you know it really, really well. And so even if you feel like, oh, this is like a B, 
paper or whatever, if you want to think about it in those terms, it's like most people's A paper because you have a lot of experience writing, you know a lot about the topic, people who are trying to learn about the topic are going to come and read it and think it's good, even though we always think that our own stuff could be better. Like you just yeah. have to let it, you have to let it go. And, you know, I don't know if you're working with editors or things like that, but usually when I have an editor, I'm like, this is like 90% good. <laughs> I could like, I could spend 20 more minutes like going all the way through it and trying to fix my typos, whatever, but that's what I had an editor. So yeah. move it along. Thomas, what's that quote from Ira Glass? You, you did a video on YouTube that I like literally every time I'm at like a party or with someone I don't know, I like tell <laughs> them this, like it's totally stuck with me. What, what was that? You mean like my least successful video ever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really the good. The equal though. odds rule. Well, it, it's not uh, a quote from Ira Glass is kind of long, but essentially it's just saying like, there's a gap between your taste and your ability because you have killer tastes why you get into something creative. Uh, and the only way to close that gap is to do it just a crap ton of work and slog through it and make things that suck, make things that are okay. And occasionally make things that are great. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my approach to making videos is just like once a week, this week's might suck, but it's going to make me a better person or better creative individual. Yeah. And the end, but yeah, I resonate with that so much. I have so yeah. much terrible things that I've made. Oh, yeah. If you go back to, like, Budget Blonde and read my first post, like, they were embarrassing. And, like, I asked uh, a tech person one time, should I just go delete those? He's like, never delete your content. And I was like, okay, well, someday I'm going to go back to, you know, 800 posts ago and, like, fix it and expand it. But today is not that day, so. There's always yep. that one person who goes back to, like, that thing that you're just like, oh, you hate. And they're like, it was great. And you're like, ah, <laughs> at least one person liked it. Dude, the it's like that article. time you spray painted all that Craigslist furniture. I'm like, oh my god, that was like four years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First article I ever wrote, I went back and doctored up a little bit, a few like maybe a couple years ago. Uh, but then like the second and third, and so those are not touched. So if anybody goes back to the beginning and then they read forward in time, they're gonna like, be like, this is oh, awesome. The first what is so this? good? <laughs> the second one's terrible. And just maybe go like three or four in then, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, so, I mean, you built a course yes, it for is. people who want to do this. I so, I, mean, I would assume that there's more to the course than just hustle and go to conferences <laughs> and send emails. So, I mean, what else do you teach people? Yeah, there's like, there's 29 videos. So, gosh, I just give like a, a big overview of the industry. And the first thing I always tell my students is like, you have to have a good portfolio. Like, when you go to apply for a job, you're not going to show up without a resume. So, I sort of teach people how to make a really good hire me page. I teach them how to do guest posting because when you apply for a job you want to show them a nice variety of links like look at all these places that have already accepted my writing even if they were a free guest post it just gives you a little bit of authority and so I teach people how to do that I teach people how to network make connections and I teach people how to pitch and uh, how to write a pitch email where to find the jobs like we have a huge resource of tons of different places to find jobs, places to find jobs that pay over $100, places to find jobs that pay over $50. And there's just tons of information. And I go all the way down to like the business aspect, how to generate hundreds of topics in a month, because that's what I have to do every month. Mm. Um, you know, how to, how to like do your taxes, how to invoice somebody, how to make sure you get paid, like what to write in your invoice, uh, how to like create a contract, why you should always have a contract. Like my whole point of the course is to teach people everything I've learned in four years without all the mistakes I've made over the four years. So make sure you get paid. 
you know, all the way down to the end of like how to know if you're ready to take the leap, how to, you know, build an emergency fund or how to build a savings before you want to quit your job. So someone can literally start from video one, learning about the industry, go all the way down to the 29th video of, you know, are you ready to quit your job and do this for a living? So it's very detailed. So, so I'm yeah. curious because when you first started, like you mm-hmm. absolutely needed the money and the yes. money wasn't nearly as like great <laughs> as you wanted it to be, right? <laughs> so like say you got that job, it was like $20 for an article and you yeah. need that $20. Yeah. Like how did you handle kind of like uh, $40? Like, like, and you know, because if you lost the $20, that sucks. But then yeah. also you have to write one less article if you made a 40 it's true. You, I always say you have to really replace jobs. I wouldn't. I don't leave jobs ever unless I have something to replace it with. Um, yeah, when I started, <laughs> I had like six thousand dollars of credit card debt. I like really wanted to get out of it. Tons of student loan debt. It took me a long time to find my teaching job. I, you know, <laughs> I was in a really bad spot, and I started writing as a way to try to help. You know, get rid of my credit card debt and I did it in about 18 months and you know over time and over about a year I was making money from the job I had gotten and all this money on the side I was working constantly totally constantly but you know it just it just grew and and yeah, I just kept replacing the jobs I would never give a job away I mean even even just a few months ago I still had like a $75 a post job and I only just replaced it like last month you know I still have some stragglers from earlier times so yeah yeah but i mean i i think you can start anywhere and i think it's a really great tool to do on the side even if you have a a regular day job if you even if you want to like pay off debt you want to you know you want to take your kids to disney world but you can't afford it like as a stay-at-home mom or something you can make extra money and put in a savings account and you can take your whole family to disney world in about a year you know you just have to have a goal i'm really big on that you know don't just write just to write but have a reason why you're doing it yeah so to pick one of those topics, yeah. um, you talked about how to get paid, make sure you get paid. Yes. And like as a sort of per- a person who has at least dipped their toes into the freelancing world, I can yes. attest that it's sometimes difficult to get actually paid. Yes. So for people looking to go into this, what can they do? What steps can they take to make sure that sure. people are paying them? Well, I always, whenever I work with a brand new client, I always ask for a deposit just to make sure mm-hmm. that they you know, and I tell them, you know, this is a deposit, whether it's 50% or, or whatever, like, I don't know you and you're on the internet. So how do I know you're going to pay me? I always ask for a little deposit. Um, other people, uh, I just, I put something in my invoices. That's like, if you don't pay within 10 days, there's a 5% late fee. Um, and I always make sure to get people's addresses. That's why I have contracts and an address because if someone mm. doesn't pay you, you can send them a certified letter. If they didn't, if they owe you like two thousand dollars, it's worth it to go to an attorney and have them send them a letter. But yeah. I made the mistake before, you know, maybe a year ago of working with another blogger. I uploaded post to his site and he just fell off the face of the earth. He owed me like two hundred fifty dollars, but I didn't have his address. I didn't know where he lived. I just knew where his blog lived. And yep. so because I had access to it, what I ended up doing, I didn't hear from him for like three months. I just went and took all my posts off because I still had the WordPress login. And I emailed him. I said, look, you didn't pay me for these posts. I'm just going to use them on my site. You didn't pay me for them. I would have rather the $250, though. Yeah. But um, What do you do with I, those? Like afterwards, you try and sell them to other no, clients? No, I just or? put them on Budget Blonde or one of my other sites, you know, um, mm. just because they had lived on the internet for a little while. I didn't want to give them to another client. I just used them for myself. But, um, you know, I, I always get people's addresses now. 
And especially with working with larger corporate clients, I have a pretty detailed contract. Like I have permission from my company to enter into this contract with you. And yeah, I, I just a lot more official. Like I just, it took me a long time to run my business like a business. And um, that's why in my course, I teach people how to do it from day one. You know, treat this like a business. Even if you're making like $200 a year, just have a logo, have an invoice, have all the professional contracts that you need because the more professional you seem, the higher rates you can command. So. What yeah. are the expectations with the course? Like, I know there are a lot of people in the audience who do want to write, like Ransom yeah. for one. Like, he has a, a grammar site. Like, he's like, super into it. And I think yeah. he's like a little stuck on the getting started part. Mm-hmm. You just um, have to get started. You just have to do it. But I mean, if, <laughs> if I take the course, like, what what are the expectations? Like, am I then like a millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the expectation is you will learn how to get a writing job. And so I've already had, I've already coached 19 people uh, individually, one on one. And so I have all of their testimonials. And my thing in the beginning was, you know, you will get a writing job if you do everything I say. You'll get one by the time you're done with the course. But you have to do everything I say. And and I've had, um, I had one of my very first um, writing students, she got emailed by U.S. News and World Report, and she writes for their Frugal Shopper blog now. Wow. I had one nice. student during my last coaching cycle, she got six jobs in our three months of coaching. And basically, it was I used all my coaching students to create the course, all the questions they had. So on my... Um, on the you know sales page, it's getpaidtowriteforblogs.com. I have like ten different testimonials of people I've worked with who have gotten jobs, and one of them you know didn't even have a website yet, and she was like, "I got my very first writing job today, and I literally just started my blog a month ago." And it's just from different connections, and now we have like a, you know a pretty large group, and uh, if you buy the you know, the master level of the course, you get access to the Facebook group. People are sharing jobs. People are saying, hey, come over and guest post on my site and they're all helping each other. So we built a really nice little community there. So the expectation is you're going to get hired to write. I don't know if you're going to make, you know, six figures in your first year, <laughs> but I can at least, you know, guarantee that if you do everything I say, you can get your first 20 30 $40 a post writing job and keep applying the principles and go from there and it'll just grow. The more you put into it, the more it will grow. Yeah. So you, when we first started talking, yes. you're you like, um, you're, you're going to hook people up with some sort of coupon? Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you go to getpaidtowriteforblogs.com and you purchase the class, it'll take you to a sales page and you can enter the coupon code uh, money matters, and that will give you 15% off. And so you can get any level. There are three levels of the course. And so, yeah, enter money matters and you'll get 15% off. Because I love you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Kat. Awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> Yo, this has been a great episode. Andrew, do you have any other questions before we start wrapping it up? Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> I, I have one last question. Okay. Um, so, Kat, uh, like, yeah. wh- where's, like, the, the end for you? Like, you're, you're building this empire. Yeah, like, there's no end. Uh, it is <laughs> when you have like 50 blogs and you're, we're skyping you're on the beach with like a mojito is that the oh god that'd be awesome yeah. no um i just think um i just want to you build a few more i have a few more course ideas in my brain and i just want to ramp up the passive income i think over time i would like to not work as hard 
you know, not have to churn out so many posts, but more teach others about writing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I want to kind of move to more courses down the road. But for right now, I'm really happy with the way things have gone, especially in the last year. I've nearly doubled my income in the past few months just by getting higher paying clients. And so I'm still learning. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you work for yourself, there is no limit to the amount of money you can make. So. Sweet. Do you have any like uh, solid huge goal? Because I remember you you said earlier you have to have some sort of big goal to work towards, and you know personally, it it gets harder to have that huge goal once you hit the goal of working for yourself and having a full time income from your own business. I think. Yeah, no, I think I just want to like stay at six figures, and I think um, I, I would like to. It would be awesome to have like six figures of just passive income, like mm-hmm. build the blogs large enough, and people have done it, and like people younger than I am have done it. It just takes a long time to to build that up. So right. I think that could be a few years down the road, but. You know, I would have never thought that was possible a few years ago starting blogging. And it's like amazing that we're sitting here talking about it. But you, all three of us know people who make incomes like that from their online businesses. And so there's no reason why anyone can't do the same. Speaking of someone who makes six figures on their <laughs> blog that's younger than we are, I believe he's on this call. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I make that much at this point. <laughs> Possibly getting near it, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It's good. It's fun. How old are you? Uh, 24. Oh, yeah, you are, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel it. 24 is like the cutoff point, I think. Andrew's I older I was... than I am, though. I just turned 28. He's like, okay. Old um, I'm old. Oh, I'm going to be 31 this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I was 29, I could still say that I was in my 20s. Yeah. Now people ask me what my age is, and I'm like, oh, do you hear about the Yankees the other day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I kind of feel like I'm inching up there, too, but, you know, it's all right. Yeah. I, me, too, man. Me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep working online so no one can see the wrinkles. <laughs> no, I, I always see mine, though, because I do videos more than I write now. There so you go. <laughs> I have to stay pretty forever. Yeah. To get those Botox injections next week. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> Cool. Right, well, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing both of you at FinCon. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Andrew, but definitely you, Kat. Andrew's coming. He's coming. We're going to have fun. I'm excited. Yes, this, is how we, this is how we pressure our friends. <laughs> pressure, pressure. <laughs> uh, I'm sweating. <laughs> but yeah, definitely looking forward to meeting you at, at FinCon, Kat. Uh, I'll be speaking in as well. So I, I think we might be on the same expert table. I'm not sure. Oh, man. They put all the cool kids together. Makes sense. Yes. <laughs> All right, yeah, guys. So, guys Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. And what's the URL of the website again? GetPaidToWriteForBlogs.com Cool. Awesome. So you guys can go there if you're interested in the course or becoming a freelance writer. Also, if you have money questions, you can always email us. We're ListenMoneyMatters at gmail.com. Um, ListenMoneyMatters.com slash, uh, what is it? Get Involved is where you can find our... Yeah, so, yeah. I'll set that up. Right what's, uh, now. Andrew, what's our updates on community stuff? Ah, dude, you know, I love that you brought that up the last week. Um, the community is actually doing really well. Uh, it, it's, it's far surpassing my expectations. Um, we have a lot of awesome people in there, some uh, domain experts, uh, and just a lot of people like who are just finance nerds that love helping each other. And um, yeah, if you're interested, uh, you could sign up on the site. I have it kind of hidden, so you have to look a little bit, because I don't want too many people yet. <laughs> or, or email us, and, and we'll chat. Yeah, emailing is a good indicator of interest, so send us an email if you want to be part of that community, and we'll see if we can get you hooked up. 
You can also subscribe to this show on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen. That always helps us and it helps you get new episodes when they come out. Uh, you can leave ratings and reviews. This week's review comes from um, Mountain Chicky, I think is how you would pronounce it, on <laughs> iTunes. And uh, they just said, I've learned more in the past two weeks catching up on these podcasts than I have in my entire adult life. <laughs> that's that's, that's a pretty awesome. good <laughs> testimonial right there. They're entertaining and give real-world practical advice for everyday people. Thank you so much for that review. And guys, if you want to find our favorite money management resources and tools and books, then listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox is where you'll find all that. So thanks again for hanging out with us. That is the end of our episode. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Later. See you. Bye. Tell your friends about this show.